Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie and with me as always is... Hey everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. And it's definitely Jason as always because I am the one that hasn't been here <laughs> for an it was episode. Just one episode. Yeah. I know, but it feels like a long time because we haven't been really doing them every week and um, yeah, it's a madhouse, man. So I've not been off doing, you know, cable access shows or anything. Yes, Just she has. <laughs> not. Katie's Just, World Party Time. Excellent. Sure. That's exactly what I've been doing. Um, you're right. Two is with my Wild Stallions tour. So, just so much stuff. Yeah. Kid stuff, work stuff, band stuff, kid yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's... Um, kid stuff. Yeah, I got one of those fancy watches to, like, track my sleep, and it's honestly depressing <laughs> and how much sleep i'm not getting well i mean you go upstairs and lay down that's and you close your eyes i, I then do I, then i don't know what happens after that i don't know i get a lot of REM sleep though sometimes Some, not a lot of deep sleep but i do dream a lot and i'm also awake a lot so you know two for two anyway enough about that rambling all this to say i'm glad to be back same bat time, same bat channel with you guys. So, since my faithful correspondent in the field has continuing coverage, I feel like I should use some of that information and talk about news. So, I've got two bits of news today, um, just because I really liked them. And the first one, I know Jason's like, Ma, this is stupid, that's not a game. But I think it looks awesome, and I really want to back this. And it's called Body of Evidence, the Murder Mystery Autopsy Game. Okay, so this is very similar to a lot of, like, um, like mystery package kind of things that have come out where there's a case, like this one, it's like there's a famous, infamous chef, not just famous, he's infamous, that's died on the evening of his restaurant's grand reopening. So you're, like, working the case. So you get, I think there might be, you know, the newspaper clippings. Um, I'm trying to think of what all they have there. You've got the file, you know, several files to look through. Um, you know, those kind of things that you kind of get in those games. I played one where there was coasters and um, like little boxes and different things. I don't know everything that comes with this, but definitely... Um, some different types of evidence to look through. But what's even cooler is then you get like this body. I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's like, I think it's with layers of paper, but you have to autopsy this body. I don't, I forget what they call it. That it's like um a cad or something. I, I don't, I don't know what you, what you call this kind of thing. Paper mache. It's, but it's not like paper mache. It's it's like um, layers of paper over this body. So you can like, you get a scalpel and you cut through the paper layers and you can like cut through the skin layer. There's the muscular layer. Um, they have like some little just clips of it. You can see the in internal organs. So then you actually go and like do the autopsy to freaking get information 
Like that is so cool. Oh my gosh. I, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I grew up watching surgeries on television with my mother because she was, <laughs> she used to type um, doctor's notes. She was a stenographer and did medical records. And so like, I just think that stuff's kind of cool. But I also really love consulting detectives. So in a lot of ways, there's some similar veins with that where you're looking through documents and clippings and physical evidence. But then I also get to go a step further and I get to do like the coroner work of like actually cutting into like this paper body to do an autopsy. Maybe that makes me crazy. Maybe that makes me a weirdo. I I, I think it just is awesome. And I really want to try it. So if you're a weirdo, true crime freak like me, watch a lot of NCIS, watch a lot of CSI, this might appeal to you. So Body of Evidence, the murder mystery autopsy game, there are five days left on that Kickstarter um, by the time this episode drops. And it's 37 bucks. So it has game in the title. So clearly it's a game. Uh But I don't know how well that cutting into the paper seems weird. I've cut into paper before and I've seen what happens. It rips. So that's what I'm expecting is going to be happening there. You're going to cut in and it's going to like rip. So I don't understand how that works. Maybe I need to look at it. With a scalpel. You need to look at it. Well, I understand it's a scalpel. You said that. Yeah, but like scalpels don't rip stuff like that. You know what I mean? Does it come with a scalpel? I think it does. Oh, that's crazy. It's coming with a weapon in the mail. I I think. I mean, I don't know. I I mean, because most people don't just have scalpels laying around. Well, it's an exacto knife, essentially. Yeah, paper craft CAD is what they call it. Perform a full forensic autopsy on a paper craft CAD. I don't know what. Oh, maybe CAD short for cadaver. Paper craft oh, cadaver. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't watch the video that came with it, which is just, it's, it's not like a playthrough, but it's like the intro video. Big surprise I didn't watch the video. Um. That may answer some of these questions, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I it looks like it's going to c- cut right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't the know pic- if it's perforated. The, the pictures look good, but again, it's a picture. Well, and I don't know if there's like separate, like they're showing putting this toe tag over these like paper feet. So I don't know if like all the body parts are kind of separated. Like you get like a torso and you get the head. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely interesting. Not You're right. Not something I want to play, but it is a, definitely an interesting concept. And I wonder if other games will borrow that that paper piece. Yeah, it's it's really cool. You can do solo. Oh, so it looks like there's kind of cuts already done. I'm looking at the video. It's like the cuts, how the corner always does like up, like in like a V almost above the pectorals yeah, yeah, yeah. and then down in like the square format so that you can peel it back. So it kind you follow those guidelines. Like you can play this solo, so I know we have a lot of solo gamers that um, listen to us, or like one of my best friends that we do all the consulting detectives together. Like I think she would think this is cool. I have some nursing friends who'd be like, "Dude, we got this." Yeah, so you you peel back these paper layers, once you, and you can take out the organs or paper organs. They took out the lungs. <sighs> I'm. I, it looks so cool. I might. I want to back that. It looks awesome. You can play anyway. solo, all your solo gaming that you do. No, I, I said I would play it probably with my friend Athena or any of my other, you know, weirdo f- true crime friends. 
Okay, fine. Moving on to something that is, you know, less gory and full of body parts, um, but also kind of not a new game, and yet in some ways it is, and that is Colossal Cat in the Box. So we have Cat in the Box. It's been out. We've played it. It was a big deal last year at um, Origins, like gangbusters, man. Everyone was obsessed. So, of course, in Jason's typical fashion, he's like, well, it can't be good. It's so hyped up. Like, okay. Um, however, however, we have played it and it's really good. And we've played it with a lot of people that really enjoy it. Again, as we mentioned a bunch of times, we're from the Midwest. Trick taking games go over like gangbusters here. Um, it's very easy to get non gamers into games that are new to them if they have a familiar element like trick taking. So, Cat in the Box, great. Some complaints about Cat in the Box, Colossal Cat in the Box has fixed. Now, at first, it's like, oh, man, Colossal. Like, we saw, like, a gigantic version of Decrypto at Origins this year. And I'm like, that's really unnecessary, probably. Um, but Cat in the Box, a bigger version. Everything is 40% larger as far as tokens go. Those tokens were very small. And it was hard. I am not, like, to pick them up and move them. So if you're not the most dexterous person, we actually play games with someone who uh has had like um had of the growth plates like taken out of his hands because they just grow so large so he has some very large hands so to move little pieces is hard for him but he would really like this game and so i think that this colossal version would actually be helpful for him to play also um if you have trouble seeing which we play with people who have maybe some vision limited vision and older people especially who know how to play trick-taking games they are very familiar with euchre and bridge and canasta and stuff like that so to have a bigger board with bigger pieces so you can kind of see the connections that you're trying to make they also like delineated the colors much better so there's a clear separation between what's green and what's blue and what's pink and what's red because, uh, woo, boy. Yeah, the colors are my least favorite part, for sure. Yeah, and they're all kind of similar shaped, unless you saw the screen printing color on it. Um, and especially, like, you know, Jason's Color Week. So those colors look absolutely identical a lot of the time. Um, I think this solves a lot of problems. Also, they made the numbers bigger on the cards. I think that's great. And actually, I was reading um, the head of... I just lost the name of the company that does this game. Bezier. Bezier wanted to introduce this to his mom. And it was really hard for his mom to see, you know, the board. So, thus, Colossal Cat in the Box. So it's not, but it's not just a bigger game. It comes with uh, game trays, little cat heads, keep your player pieces in, unnecessary. But also game trays organized in the box, which is kind of nice. Um, and it comes with two expansions. So one, like, creates some more links um, between the different spaces on the board to make kind of that connecting points easier to get. Another uh, expansion actually makes it harder to create a paradox, which is where you're playing over. You aren't able to play a card in the correct color because that number has already been played. Um, the spaces then on that new board in that expansion have two numbers on them. So it makes it a little bit easier um, to use them. So I thought that was really cool. Also, you can get cat plushies. And who doesn't love a cat plushie? 
I know I do. Um, so if you like Cat in the Box, but you're like, oh, man, a little bit tough on the eyesight or the dexterity or whatever, or you're like, I just can't, haven't been able to get it. Check out this Kickstarter uh, if you like it a lot and you maybe want expansions. You're like, well, maybe I'll give away my original Cat in the Box to somebody. We do this a lot because I want the colossal one with the expansions. Maybe you're like, hey, I need a black cat plushie. Check out this Kickstarter, Colossal Cat in the Box. 11 days left. And to get just the colossal version with the two expansions, it's $59. Yeah, man, that stinks. I really want those expansions. We already have the game. I mean, the bigger is cool, I guess. Um, the colors are so much easier. The colors are easier, yeah. But do I want to buy the game again? Not really. I don't know. I mean, we know some people that really liked it, and I'd be willing to give them our version. Or they could just give me $49. I'll mail them our game and Lita, and it'll be like they bought this game. Uh, our cat is definitely not like this cat plushie. <laughs> no, that cat plushie is probably way better than our cat. It's much, it's much more well-behaved. <laughs> Although currently she's at least sleeping on the couch and not up in my business trying to lay across my computer. So there's that. Yeah, that's true. That's a win. She's trying. So that is all I have for news. All right. So we're going to talk about some games that we played. Uh, we actually have played some games since we, you know, since Katie was off last time, and we've had some game getting together since then, so let's get to it. So the first one we're going to talk about is a game I picked up at Origins, um, mostly because I like the game that it's based on, and it was $20. You know how I feel about a $20 game. And this is Joan of Arc, the Orleans Draw and Write. And this is effectively a, a pull-chips-out-of-a-bag, write-stuff-down-on-a-paper version of Orleans. Has a similar vibe, um, Orleans, if you don't know what that is, it's a bag building game where you're getting chits, putting them in a bag, pulling them out, using them as workers to do things. In this one, you're pulling a certain number out of the bag based on the number of players. Everybody's going to, when it's their turn, they're going to draft one, take an action based on that character. Like you may be able to build a building, you may be able to move around on this map and collect goods. Uh, if you take a farmer, you may just be able to cross off some goods. The knight will let you um, take a water, a uh, uh, a land path through the map. The sailor will let you take a water path through the map. The scholar will let you move up the education track or scholar track, whatever. And you're just trying to move up on tracks, build buildings, score as many points as you can over the course of a certain number of rounds based on the number of players. It has a lot of the similar DNA as Orleans. Setup is way faster because you just take out a piece of paper and give it to everybody and shuffle the little chits in the bag and you're done. But it has a similar vibe uh, if you've played Orleans, this will feel familiar to you. If you haven't played Orleans, um, this is easy to learn. The rule book's pretty good, and it's once you figure it out, there's a lot of stuff going on on the paper, but once you figure it out, it's okay to like deal with. So I enjoy this. I still like Orleans better. Uh, I think this might be something that will come out more because it's easier to set up, takes up less table space, but as far as a game goes, Orleans is deeper. But I did enjoy this. And I'd want to try the solo side because I think that could be cool. And I also want to try the separate buildings that are cards that you just buy the card. And then once the card's gone, no one else can buy it. So it just classes up the buildings a little bit and gives some variability. So what did you think of this one? You know, I, I, I feel like 
I'm still not sure. Like, I need to play it again because I found it really overwhelming. I feel like if you're going to do, this is technically a draw and write, draw out of a bag and write, um, anything like a roll and write, flip and write, those kind of things, I want them to be pretty simple. If I'm looking for an in-depth game, I'll play Orléans. And so this basically made me want to just play Orléans because there was just so much going on that it, I was like, I don't know what to do half the time. I felt like I, I just did really terribly. Um, and, and maybe that was just a first play. I just need to see how it how it goes and then develop strategy later. Definitely possible. I will willingly acknowledge that. Um, but yes, this will definitely not replace Orléans for me. Um, I get the, that it it is the setup is easier. So there is something to be said for that to like if people have never played Orléans and they kind of want to, this might be an easy way to start that and then maybe eventually lead to playing the actual board game itself. So I, I, jury's still out for me on this one. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, we own it so we can play it anytime we want. So there is that. All right, so next up is a game that we picked up at, we, we went out for my birthday on the weekend, and we took our kids on Saturday to an excursion to Cincinnati, and there was a game store there, and this game was actually there, and I wanted to back it on Kickstarter, but I didn't, because I'm cheap, but at the game store, it was 20 bucks, and that felt good to me, and that is Isle of Trains All Aboard. Now, we have Isle of Trains, the base game, the the original game. But this is the new shiny one that adds a new passenger mechanism, gives a graphic design overhaul, a nicer production, uh, change, tweaks a few little rules, and just takes that already cool game and makes it better, in my opinion. So if you don't know Isle Trains, it's a card game where you are building basically a train in front of you. It's going to have some engines, a boxcar, a, a shoot, the coal car, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, tanker and then a coach so you can carry your passengers and then you're trying to make certain deliveries with certain types of goods to different cards that are the island locations to score points once you've met made a delivery to an island then you can make another delivery to the island to get even more points you just have to get more goods and all that stuff um, you can deliver passengers where they need to go to their certain locations they have certain colors and locations they want to go to they'll give you bonuses uh, and the game's going to end when a certain number of contracts have been fulfilled or a number of locations are full of passengers based on the number of players. You can play cards in your opponent's train to get a special bonus, but you're giving them stuff. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting game. This one, the rule book is a lot better than the original one. It was a lot easier to relearn with this rule book. The original one was not good, but Dice Hate Me has never been good at rule books. So, um, yeah, so... I really like this. The passengers add a whole ton to it. Gives you a whole other action you can do, a whole other thing you can do. It looks nicer. I do like the cartoony look of the original one, but this one does look more legit. Uh, and I really enjoy this. So I'm glad that we snagged it up. So how do you feel about this version of Isle of Trains? Um, yeah, I actually do like the cartoony version uh, artwork on the original a lot. Um, oh, I like it too, for sure. I like it. Yeah, I just think this one, it was, it seemed too short. 
like just when we were starting to do stuff, I'm like, oh, it's over. Like, I, but then again, there's a lot of turns where I'm like, well, I just took some cards. Um, I think I don't. I don't know if it's because we it was only the two of us, so maybe playing with more people kind of changes that dynamic a little bit. Because then you have more people's cards that you can put. Um, your stuff in and get the rewards from but this one like since you're delivering stuff and that's part of getting this place on the map I feel like it seems like a bigger deal to give it away I, I don't know um I feel like I like it but I'm I'm just not sure yeah I mean it says on the box that it's only a 30 minute game so I I, I remember the original one we were just getting into it after we figured out how to play it and then it was over so I think that's just kind of how the game goes. And I, I think my one negative about it is the passengers could speed that up because you could just get a bunch of the same color passengers, deliver them all really quickly, uh, and progress that train marker, and the game's over. Right. So right. It, it's possible that the passengers could make the game go shorter. But again, you could you could not do anything with them the whole game if you don't want to. Uh, you can focus on just getting resources and all that stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I think it just depends how we were playing it. Well, and I mean, I guess it's a viable strategy, like to see if just going passenger heavy is the way to go before other people are completing, you know, deliveries. Yeah. The the weird thing is a lot of the passengers, though, don't give you a ton of points. Right, right. So that that's kind of the trade-off. You might get a bunch of cards, but if you're not doing anything else, you're not going to get any points. Well, but if you stop in the game before the people get a lot of points. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't know. It is really short, but I guess if I go in the mindset, if I want a longer train game, there are other games that do that. This is just, I think, a little filler. So, And those games all have designer Martin Wallace. No. Brass. I was thinking, like, I don't know, Alan R. Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket to ride, yeah. <laughs> That's or probably a better Is one. that his yeah. middle initial? I don't know. Yeah, Alan R. Moon, yeah. Okay. Good job. Yay, me! All right, so next up is another game that we picked up on the birthday weekend. And this is a card game version of a game that we love. Well, I, I think you love it. I love it. Uh, and the card game version is called Camel Up, the card game. And that's the card game version of, wait for it, Camel Up. No. <laughs> so this is actually the second edition of this game. We have the first edition Camel Up. This is the new second edition with the artwork from, I think, Quan Chai Moria does the art. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, no, Chris Quilliams, whatever. The same guy that does the second edition of Camel Up does this one. And this is effectively, it's supposed to be a faster version of Camel Up and smaller. But it's a pretty big table space, a table hog. It's all yeah. cards. So you're building... It, it, if you haven't played Camel Up, it's a game about racing camels. They stack up on each other, and you're betting on who's going to win, who's going to lose, who's going to be in first place at the end of a lap, and all that kind of thing. This does the same thing, but you're building the racetrack. Instead of it being a board, you're building it out of cards, and the number of cards depends on the number of players. And then you're going to be moving the camels instead of rolling dice with cards. So that's where the game is kind of different. You're, every player is going to get a certain number of cards. They're going to discard some. They're going to put some into the racing deck. And then they're going to have one face up in front of them. The ones that are in the racing deck are going to de determine how many 
how many spaces each camel is going to move. So you can control a little bit. You're still at the mercy of the cards you get dealt. You can control a little bit which camel you want to move. You're going to have some information about what's going to move. And you're just trying to bet on who's going to win, who's going to lose. And in this one, it actually adds, um, if your camel's in third place, if the camel you pick is in third place, you get some extra money. And this also has a crazy camel, which is going backwards, where if you're, the camel lands on top of that, it can get carried back to the back of the track, which is crazy, hence the name. Um, but yeah, it's good. I, it's I don't think this is better than Camel Up by any stretch, but it's different a little bit. It gives you a little bit more control, takes some of the randomness away. And I think it, it's different enough that I can see some people liking one and maybe not the other. I don't know who those people are, but yes, I, I like this game, but I like Camel Up a little bit better. So how do you feel about this one? Um, I, I liked this. Now, no, I would never replace Campbell Up with this, um, but it is quicker. And then to pack it and take it somewhere, which we often do, just this box with the cards and the camel and it doesn't sacrifice my favorite part of camel up which for me is the chonky little camels that stack up i know other people it's the pyramid so this would be disappointing to them um but hey i do love the pyramid yes you do but i i I think it's really good i think you get a lot of the good things that camel up has to offer in just a little bit quicker and again we played it two people so i'm interested to see it at a larger group count as well um just to try it out but yeah i liked it yeah it's good i i just wish i kind of wish we had the original version just because it matches our camel up but that's just a a, you know side point it doesn't really matter this game is better than that one because it added the crazy camel and has some cooler art but yeah oh so there's an original card version yeah, it's called Camel Up Cards. Oh. It doesn't have the crazy camel, and I think they added a, a couple, like one other little rule. But essentially it's the same, but it has the same art as our Camel Up. The weird cartoony, more cartoony stuff. Well, it matches sort of the Camel Up off-season look. Yeah, that, it's the same artist for that, too. Yeah. So. All right, and then the last one we're going to talk about is uh, actually not a game that we own. Our friends, Brandon and Josie, backed this on Kickstarter. It's from Flat Out Games. It just delivered not that long ago, and it's called Fit to Print. And this is a game about cute little woodland creatures making a newspaper. They're trying to make the front page of a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday newspaper. Sounds easy enough, but this is a real-time game where players have either three, four, or five minutes to grab these different shaped tiles that are either pictures ads or articles and you're trying to place them on your paper following certain orders pictures can't be next to pictures ads can't be next to ads and certain color or the same color article cannot be next to the same color article so you're you're picking up a tile you're looking at it if you want to keep it you put it on your desk otherwise you throw it back down in the pile someone else can take it and then once you have enough tiles of what you're looking for you're going to start building which is the layout phase you're going to start putting your pieces on your paper and all you're trying to do is you're trying to score the most points over three days by getting articles, pictures, the score extra points, and all that kind of thing. But my favorite part of this is the ads. This is one of those games where if somebody doesn't do something, they automatically lose. So if you fail to produce enough ad revenue, or you have the le- if you have the least ad, re- ad revenue, you automatically lose. 
So all the while you're trying to score points, you're also trying to make sure that you're staying up on the ads because you'll be eliminated because no one wants to buy space in your paper, and that's bad. So I was worried about this game. I thought I was going to hate it. I don't love real time. Uh, and It's a weird spatial puzzle because you can't lay pieces on your board. You're just eyeballing it. So you have five minutes. You're picking up tiles. They're all versions of squares. They're squares and rectangles. but And you're looking at your board, seeing if stuff will fit. You're trying to make it work. You're trying not to break the rules all under this five-minute pressure that you have. Um, but I actually did really like this game. I played it twi- four times, two times, twice each, and I had a great time every time. Um, I would never play it at three minutes. That's insane. There are some alternate very versions that you can play where everybody takes turns. I think that might be a little boring, but it it was enjoyable. It's a cool little puzzle, cute artwork, nice bits, and I like it. So how do you feel about Fit to Print? Okay, so you played this twice. Twice, two times, both times. Yes, correct. So after Jason played this the first time, he and our friend said, you will hate this game. And I was like, oh, okay, glad I missed playing it because I was gone. Um, So then we played it again with a different group of people. And he's like, hey, you going to play? I'm like, I thought I was going to hate this game. He's like, whoa, no. I'm like, all right. I am intrigued by the puzzle element of it. Um, taking these different tiles when you, especially for me, when I'm spatially challenged, I have no idea if I'm close to fitting them on or not. Like zero clue. None. Um, it's, it's real bad. So I feel like if I play again, my Friday game, my Friday paper will still be really bad. Friday is really Friday is really hard (laughs) either way over or way under because then I use that to kind of think about okay well I know it's bigger so I can either have more or the same amount to try to balance it but I'm just not I just am terrible spatially but there are other things that I can deal with like looking for ads um looking for pictures that will score off of what I have trying to balance the mood of my paper those things I can control so that helps keep this game from being completely uh, falling flat for me, like just hating it. Um, the Yeah, the spatial stuff, like once I start laying stuff on the paper, uh, it is where it is. I'm not going to suddenly shift everything around and make it fit magically differently. It's probably not going to happen in the time frame. Um, but like I, it's nice that there are different things to think about that can help overcome some of that. Uh, so so I didn't I didn't hate it as much. I like the idea. I like the theme. I think that's real interesting. I think it's kind of funny and cute and like the advertisements and stuff and the articles uh, are are kind of parodies of things. So I I surprisingly kind of liked it and would definitely play it again. Yeah, it's definitely not what I was expecting the game to be at all. I thought it was just going to be a regular polyomino game. But when I was reading the rules, I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. But then we played it. I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. It's not my favorite game in the world, but I did have fun times playing it for sure. Yeah, I'd rather have this than the fiction game we picked up. Like, <laughs> I I basically read them backwards, I think. Yeah, fiction, uh, that might be a giveaway game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel bad for whoever gets it. <laughs> so, yeah, aside from uh, the game that we didn't play that I don't know why we're talking about, Uh, Those are the games that we played, and we will just keep moving on. 
Okay, so we did ask in know, our Discord chat or something. Where did yeah, we ask? I think, I think it was Discord. You know, what topics that you're interested to see. I, I have a running list that we go and look from. Anytime I think of something or I see something on someone else's, like, Facebook page or game group where we talk about it at a game night. And I'm like, oh, we should talk about it in the podcast. I do put it on this note I keep on my phone. But... You know, we want to know what you guys want to talk about. And someone brought up, I wish I could remember who it was. It was, um, his name on Discord is Molten Ryan. Okay. I know his actual name, but I won't say that. So we'll just leave it to that. Um, they suggested that we talk about gamer burnout. And that's kind of something that's been bandied around a bit. And I think that there are different causes for it. And, you know, something that we try to combat ourselves as well so we're gonna just kind of we don't have like a top five list or anything um but but we are gonna kind of walk through burnout gamer burnout tonight so uh babe what do what is your definition of of gamer burnout when we when someone throws that out or when you meet when you talk about it yourself i guess i mean i don't get the burnout but if never it, you are not gamer burnout at all i don't think i've gotten it i get burnout on individual games okay but i don't get burnout in total so let's just talk about individual games when i get burnout it's usually due to playing the game too much um hearing about it too much um watching too many videos on it because i've done that to myself a couple times i've watched a bunch of stuff and then by the time i play it i'm like eh, this isn't really that good but um yeah, so I, I just think it's too much of a good thing. That's what I say burnout is. Um, but I don't know if that's what you would define it as. But for me, when I get burnout of a game, it's because I played it too much because I liked it a lot and I'm just done. Wow, that's absolutely not at all what I was thinking. <laughs> um, for me, gamer burnout is more like a general kind of with the hot frustration um, with the hobby, with the industry, um, you know, things that contributed for, to, for me are um, people who are out there supposedly doing like unbiased reviews and, oh, let's take an honest look at this game. And they're just shills for the publisher. I hate that. Uh, that makes me be like, I can't trust anybody. Um, new- well, well. Well, so that's hobby burnout. That's, that's what I mean. I don't mean like a burnout on a game. I mean like a gamer burnout. As a gamer, I am burnt out. Right. Okay. Got it. Well, I don't get I don't get that. I get irritated with some of these things we'll talk about later, but that doesn't burn me out. I still want to play games. Oh, but, I was like, you yeah. bring this stuff up all the time. Yeah, all, all this stuff we're going to talk about is super obnoxious to me, but it doesn't make me not want to play Orleans anymore. So... Yeah, but we can get to that. You can keep giving your definition. So that's kind of what I mean. Like, for me, I guess maybe I'm more prone to being burnt out in the hobby. I think in some ways because I have so many other hobbies and other things that, like, I'm – and, and I'm, a, I'm a major extrovert. So if people are there, whether we're playing games or doing something else, I'm in. So if I get burnt out on – the hobby, it, it's easier for me just to be fed up and absolutely walk away. Um, for me, things that contribute to it, yeah, it's 
content creators. I get irritated. There's so many different things I'm irritated about by content creators, and I, I'm sure I've gotten on that soapbox many a time. Um, but I'll do it again. I, I, I do. I hate that. I hate it when I see people are like, that. I know that you don't like that game, but I know that they either, number one, paid you for the review, or number two, you want them to keep you know, featuring your reviews and all this stuff and uh, giving you these things and making you whatever board game famous is. And so you won't give your true opinion. How can someone else who wants to know, should I buy this game or not, actually make any kind of, of real decision based on you blowing smoke up that publisher or that designer's butt? I can't stand that and that makes me want to be like I'm done like why do I even play board games why do I want to hang out and be a part of an industry especially as a content creator with other content creators that are doing this nonsense because I refuse to I'm not I want to be able to say this game sucks I don't like it you get mad at me and this is I guess that's the other thing. On the flip side, as a content creator, I get mad when publishers get butt hurt when I say I don't like their game. We've had I'm that a, happen a few times. Yeah, I'm entitled to my own opinion. It's not like I hate olives. God's not mad at me because I hate his olives that he created. I mean, what? <laughs> come on. Get yeah, over I think, yourself. I, I think to go along with the content creators is the call to the new piece. And it's one yeah. of... And, it's one of those things where you'll hear about this game for six months before it comes out. Once it comes out, when everybody can get it, not a peep. So you're driving all these, you know, hype engine, all, hype yeah, engine, yeah, major. Yeah, you're getting all this stuff, like the hot new games coming out. Everybody's going to love it. We're going to make 52 videos on it. Then once it actually is released, you never hear about it again. And that's kind of the thing that, like, of all these things that are on this list, that one's the one that bothers me the most. I've been trying to find different video reviewers, different content creators that do none of that, that just find games that they like, grab them off their shelf and play them because that is kind of, it lets me remember, hey, I like these games because games are fun, not because it's new and new new equals better, aka Barney Stinson's motto. Um, I Yeah, I just, it doesn't have to be new. You don't have to always chase the hype. You can just play a game because it's fun and I think... Content creators are one of the biggest reasons for hobby burnout, in my opinion, for sure. Well, and and that breeds like the insincerity, like, oh, this game's so awesome. This game's so awesome. If it's so awesome, I should hear about it. You know, when you're still playing it in a month, in six months, in a year, in 10 years, instead of it just disappearing. Like, we... (sighs) We have that instant culture. We have that hype culture really bad in the in the board game industry. And I, I think, yeah, it, frust- it frustrates people because then it's also like a huge money suck. And well, games. Well, yeah, right. Because the games aren't cheap. So as the game, as new games come out, they're always more expensive. It's just the way the world goes right now. So you have all these people talking about these hot new games. Price has gone up crazy. People are sinking more money that they don't have into this game that once it comes out, no one talks about it anymore. They don't have anybody to play it with. That can contribute to it. So they have all these games on their shelves, and they have no gaming group. That can get irritating and frustrating. I do get that sometimes. Like, sometimes I want to play and no ways around to play. But 
yeah. So I, I get all that stuff. I mean, I I don't really like. I know I know some people that listen to us. I know some of you guys. There is a FOMO aspect, like oh, everyone talked about this game that was hot at Gen Con or this game that's out at Essen, and I want to play it. I don't. I don't have FOMO. I'm like, mm, eventually, I'll find it at half price books, or it'll show up at at an actual retail store, and you know, it'll be a Black Friday sale because that's Jason's big deal, and we'll actually be able to buy it. Or like Isle of Trains, it just happened to be on a shelf in a game store. Right, right. Or one of our friends, you know, lost their mind and went all in on the Kickstarter, and we're like, yes, we will play that with you. Thank you. So I, I don't really have. A fo- an issue with FOMO but I know some people do because maybe there's like I, I may never see it again and there are some games that have come out and they're hot but we don't get a lot of reprints as often as I think we really should for some games um, or they, they do it again and it's like deluxe version and not everybody wants that deluxe version we just want a regular one um, which is a whole other issue, I think, entirely. I also don't have a problem with lack of gaming groups because I feel like we know lots of people that play games. I mean, I'm not playing it. I don't need to play games with somebody every night. Right. So, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's just scheduling. The scheduling has been a problem right now. So I kind of just true. lumped it in with that. That's just that's adulting. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. That's adult responsibilities. Yeah. And so then for us as content creators, a lot of these all kind of come together. We have to deal with other people's content and like, oh, look at all their likes. Um, Katie, why don't you be on more videos and just show your boobs and hold games? And I'm like, I'm not at not a show, which is a whole other issue that makes me bad about the board game industry, how women are, are treated. Um, but that's a whole other. I'm just going to let that go. Yeah, that's not this podcast. <laughs> that's not this particular podcast episode. That does burn me out sometimes when I look at Kickstarter. I'm like, mm, why does that tiefling have to have ginormous boobs? Uh, she can still be a witch without them. Uh, but for us, like, we still like to make content. We still like to play board games. Um, and I know that you guys listen to us and, and want to hear us. And sometimes it's hard for me to keep... I mean, obviously, we've kind of moved to... And every other week podcast situation because it is so hard to balance our life and some of this stuff and not be burned out by it. Um, so we're just kind of thinking of some ways like how do we fight burnout and find that love for the hobby again or rekindle that love for the hobby? Uh, so, babe, you say you don't really get burnout, but I know sometimes you get really frustrated. So how do you deal with that? Well, I really don't watch a ton of videos anymore. I used to watch them all the time. Uh, I used to love Rado. He was my man. Like It's true. We Rado was bo- my guy. We burned the body pillow effigy. It was just yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and then, like, it just started shifting to something that I didn't want to watch. He started covering games I didn't care about. He left, uh, he stopped covering the good Euros that he just played because he loved them. And he shifted over to, oh, he's getting paid to play this now. And it's a game I've never heard of and I don't care about. So I just stopped kind of watching as many videos. Um, and I just play games that we have on our shelves. We we have a bunch of games that I still need to review. I just don't have any interest. So I'm kind of burnt out on reviewing games that I don't care about. Um, and I, I'm just enjoying grabbing games off the shelf and playing them. Grab an old game, bust it out, 
blow the dust off, just have a fun game playing old busted Euros, stupid party games, whatever you like, to just have some fun, remember why you love board gaming, and shut the videos off, but not ours, other people's videos. <laughs> shut those off. But yeah, that, that's kind of what I do. I just play the games you have on your shelf. You bought them for a reason. You own them for a reason. So, I don't know. There's a new game is out. You probably have an old game that does 70% of what it does. Just play that. That That's what I would recommend. Yeah, I... I've never watched videos, really, or listened to podcasts, not even our own. Um, so that hasn't bothered me. I do try to keep an eye on, like, the gaming groups on social media. Those specific, are awful. Well, specifically Facebook because, you know, I'm old. And that's what people of my, my certain age, that's our social media thing. And, yeah, it's awful. Um, so I dropped I, – I just dropped out of a – bunch of them there's maybe maybe two or three that still come from my feed and even then i do not actively read the posts and i sure as heck don't get into the comments because that's generally the worst don't go into the comments you'll never come out you won't you won't be the same when you come out yeah i don't even like just read them for funsies kicks and giggles because people are a-holes in the comments they're all tough online because they they don't think about these are all real people and for such a hobby that should be the most inclusive hobby board games are about spending time with other people spending time with family i mean it as yeah. long as you agree with the person who's playing that game 110 percent, otherwise you're out well and, and so so that's the other thing like people get butt hurt when i say i don't like this game who are you to say, no, you're wrong. It's my opinion. Again, pr I think purple is the best color. You can tell me, no, my I think the best color is blue. Great. Good for you. And I'm I would not say, if you have blue, don't have purple because I can't tell them apart. That's what I would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm not dyeing my hair green. I'm dyeing my hair purple. It's my favorite color. Uh, it's just, It should be the same with board games. So I, I really stay off those groups. Um, I don't read comments. Um, to like our podcast or Jason's videos because I will probably go after people on the internet because that makes me mad and I don't I don't put up with that so I usually stay out of a, a lot of the social media stuff because that that will get me burnt out real quick for sure and baby you mentioned something that I think for us has been really great. And because we're content creators, I feel the pressure to, to talk about new stuff. Cause I feel like, well, isn't that what people want? Do they want to know what's new? Like, Oh, are we letting them down because we're not covering the new hotness? Um, Every channel but, does that. Well, that's true. Um, and sometimes I don't want to play that new hotness. I don't care about that. I want to play my favorite game you know i want to play a game that's heaven forbid five years old 10 years old because i really love it but when i go back to those games that in that you know led me down a certain type of you know mechanic or um that got me into that were early games in my board gaming kind of i don't know lifestyle <laughs> what to call it 
it reminds me of why I really love board games and really love the hobby and why we wanted to start doing something like a podcast, doing something like videos and reviews, um, is playing, is playing those, those games I really love. Um, I just got a case of consulting detective the other day with my friend and I was like, dang, you know, I really love deduction. I really love this stuff. Like, this is good. This is good. This is a good game for me. Well, and I mean, we're going to be playing through Clank Legacy for the third time. That's not new. No. So it's clearly, you know, it's a good game. We enjoy it. We're playing with people who've never played before. So we're going to just play it again. We're going to have fun playing a game that's not brand new, but it's still good. And I think that's the big thing is just because a game's not new doesn't mean it's not good. Uh, there's a podcast, a video channel that I really like called Board Gems. He only looks at old games. It's got to be crusty and old and dirty, or he won't look at it. And he, that's his cat, catchphrase. Just because a game is no is not new, doesn't mean it's not good. So yeah, it's I don't know. Just play play some games. Play the games that you have. Enjoy them, and that may help. Well, and also like playing like those tried and true games, the games that you know are good with good friends. Like revisiting a game where I'm like, oh yeah, we played that a ton, whatever. But to bring it to play it with new people who've never played it before and see them be like, oh, this is a good game. It like really reignites kind of my passion for the game and for the hobby. Like when you see someone else really enjoy something that you enjoy that you know is good and they get into it, like ugh, that 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 is for me a really great cure to burnout. Yeah, and I like. One of the things we have done here is find a different hobby. I mean, I have some other hobbies. I play in a band. Um, Katie likes to read. Um, we talk to our kids occasionally. Um, you know, all that kind of thing. So maybe just take a break. Uh, sometimes a break is good. And then you realize, oh, man, I really miss playing games. You bust out your game and maybe it'll reignite the fire. But, you know, it's okay to have more than one hobby that you like. That's That's completely acceptable. So maybe try that. Yeah, for me, that was really hard for a long time, um, even because I'm like, oh, you help host a podcast for board games. I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know, five people listen to it or something. Um, but I feel like the pressure, I think it's because I'm like a, the end of the Gen X era where it's like, oh, don't be a poser. So like, I feel pressured, like, oh, I don't, I'm not all in on board games. Like, I don't watch all the videos, I don't listen to all the podcasts, and I don't, you know, play all the games, I don't play solo games, and sometimes I just would rather breathe than play, like, oh, you're a poser, you shouldn't be doing this, and um, but board gaming shouldn't have to be that tightly wound. Um, there's something really great about being able to say, hey, you know, we've got a quiet night. Let's let's grab some people and play, or let's let's pull out that game. Let's play a game with our kids. Um, that connection is really great. And when you really want to play a game, I feel like automatically that makes up for a better experience than when you're forced to, or when you don't want to. And even if it's a game that is super light or super stupid, like, yes, Jason hates party games. He will rant and rave about those. But sometimes that's just like the fun thing that you need to kind of get away from the serious hype and get away from the burnout and just have and, a good time. And I do play them, too. And I don't make a yes. big deal about it. But I, I, I would rather not. But I will. 
Well, and there are some people that, you know, that's how they came into the, the hobby is playing um, Happy Salmon or playing uh, Cards Against Humanity or whatever. And you go and spend time with family members and that's what they want to play. You know, those games can be fun, too. I, do I want to play them all the time? No. But especially if you're going through like a really a season where you're like, I'm just so over the industry, the machine what board games have made into you know even just playing cards i played euchre um at my friend's birthday party like maybe a month ago i hadn't played it in a long time and it was just me and her family she's one of five so there's always a ton of people there and i'm just another one of the family members so uh everyone's like okay you get a partner and we'll start we got one table so it's tournament style winner stays um so her dad and I partnered up and we beat the last championship uh, partners and we were ready for another one. It it was fun. Like it reminded me of what I love about game strategy and hanging out with people and the slight trash talking and just the luck of that great hand. Like it's uh, it was good. It was really good. And no. Yeah, there are other trick taking games. I played tons of them now and I've. You know, we've done videos and podcast episodes, and I've even written reviews about trick-taking games. But just going back to the basics of Euchre was, like, such a healing bomb for me in the middle of some, like, stuff that I really hate about the industry. So often I think that that can be a way to kind of combat some of that burnout for sure. Yeah, one of the things I like to do, it's not on the list, but if I really want to play a game and I can't, I'll just get a game out and I'll play it two players by myself. Uh, set it up play it, try different strategies, beat myself up. I mean, that's the only way I'm going to win, honestly. So, you know, I'll just get a game down, play it. Some Maybe something I want to play with some other people, I want to relearn it, or I haven't played it forever. I was like, man, I really don't play that game. I, do I need to keep that game anymore? So let's check it out. So, I don't know, maybe play a game with yourself. Maybe that'll help. Mm. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It helps me, you know, get, keep some of the old games that are on our shelf for f- fresh, Remind me why I like it. Some of that kind of stuff. So I like to do that. That might not be for everybody, but it works for me. Yeah. So I I don't know if this has been helpful or not. If this is a discussion that you wanted, but um, I think gamer burnout is real. I think after going through the pandemic where people really turned to board games, the industry was like, hey, we're not just a niche hobby. This can be a big deal and with that comes some benefits but a lot of negatives that can lead to burnout so um don't 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 let yourself get burnout uh think about you know maybe you take a break from the content creators and if that means taking a break from us that's okay i someone see this when i want comments on the video someone said i was annoying so maybe i'm annoying cool don't listen to us for a while. I may not even show up on the podcast anyway, so you're fine. Um, you know, take it, mute those gamer groups for a while. Back off those. Don't read the comments. Um, play your old and busted. Play your tried and true. Play nostalgia games. Play easy, light, funny, stupid games. Uh, play games alone. Play games with good friends. Um, uh, board game arena is actually good too. You can play with some friends from across the country that you never see and you don't have to sit around and when it's your turn, it pops up and you still get to play some games. 
but leisurely. They can take a month to play a game. So, you know, that might help if you're into that. Yeah, Jason does that a lot. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. But it seems like it would be fun. I would rather play the physical game. So, but I did same, play. Same, same, for sure. I played Consulting Detective over Zoom during the pandemic. So it's not impossible, I guess. Uh, so what about you guys? Are you burnt out on the hobby or are things feeling pretty good? Do you have suggestions on how you fight burnout? Um, things that you think might work, things that you're going to try. We would love to hear from you. I just said I don't read board games groups. I do read our Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. Uh, we have a Discord channel that we have some ch- uh, chat in if you're interested in that. I don't know how you find that. It's it's uh, tagged on our Facebook page, I believe. And okay. you used to be able to get to it on the website, but they took that link away. So I think just Facebook. <laughs> okay. If you really want to find us on Discord, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, shoot, shoot us a message or something. Shoot us a message or something. Um, I, I, I do pay attention to what our group does because you guys are one of the bright spots. And finding those bright spots in the game industry... Like Jason said, he loves to watch retro games and stuff. That can be helpful, too. So we'd love to hear you share those tips, tricks, what you're doing, how you're feeling. If you're feeling burnout, maybe we can help you feel better <laughs> about board gaming. Yeah, and I'll, I'll do my best to try to not help with that burnout. So I'll try to keep showing different games, just having fun, playing games that I like, because I think that will help. If I like it, then... You know, I'm clearly, maybe you'll like it too. I don't know. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't like it because we're True. not going to yuck yeah. somebody's yum. I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's enough rambling on, on, on my part, but thanks everybody. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Unless you need to take a break because it's making a burnout. <laughs> <laughs>